Hello, and welcome to Veins of Gold, Finding God's Treasure in a Dirt-Covered World. This is a podcast from Mountain View Baptist Church in Thomaston, Georgia. Now, let's join Pastor Ryan Christopher as he digs into this week's program. All right, folks, excited again to be with you, and we are going to talk about something that, um, my goodness, not a lot of people like to talk about, and, uh, and you know, the main reason is this, it, it is so funny, you can go through an entire year, you can go two to three years without ever, ever mentioning, without ever mentioning money, okay, without ever mentioning money, you can go, you can, you can, you can talk to your church about everything under the sun, but as soon as you start talking money, they tune out and they they will go and tell all of their friends, so I don't go to that church because all they ever do is talk about money. Well, the thing about it is you can pretty much talk about everything else and never talk about money, and they'll still say that you're always talking about money. It is the craziest, it's the craziest thing. We lock, we are locked down on that kind of thing. We are locked down on on our money and where it goes and things like that. And um, you know, as long as we're buying and purchasing something for ourselves, everything seems fine and we can certainly justify it. But the moment we begin to say, hey, you know what? I think I'll give some money to the church or I'll give some money to this cause or that cause and such. Um, then we start getting a little blowback, even from our own, uh, consciences and, and everything else. We're like, Hey, listen, you know, they, they don't need this, or this is all they care about some money and blah, blah, blah. Let me tell you something. All I'm doing today, I'm not going into a long, you know, series, five and six weeks though. Look, you could spend, uh, three to four months talking about giving and stewardship and all those things. Um, but that's not what we're going to do. We're not going to take, you know, five or six weeks to do that. In fact, next week we're doing an interview with our music pastor and it's going to be, uh, going to be incredible. We're going to learn a lot, not only about him, but about music ministry and, and, uh, we're going to do a, a two week, um, uh, session with him and sitting down and talking with him. Uh, you know, and I know our church members who listen to the podcast are going to enjoy that. It's going to be a lot that he can, he can tell us and teach us. And I'm, I'm excited about that music, music leaders who can learn from him and, and uh, learn all of the things that he has, uh, well, at least learn what he has learned. And that's what it's all about, is gleaning truth from those people and some of the things that he's been through. Uh, an awful lot of us have been through different things, and it'd be nice if, uh, you know, the obstacles, the trials, the tribulations and things, it'd be nice if we could listen to someone who's also been through that kind of thing and can can help us. So we're going to be doing that. But this week, I just want to talk to you, and almost an encouragement. Uh, I don't know where you go, where you go to church. I don't know where you, um, you know, where you give your giving. It's none of my business, um, but it is God's, and I want to talk to you a little bit about that. Uh, I cannot tell you how many questions I have, different kinds of questions I have about about tithing. I know there are an awful lot of people who've been getting uh, uh, money recently from COVID and and uh, some help they've been getting from the government and. Uh, stimulus things that they've been getting. And, you know, how much do we tithe? Do we tithe this? Do we tithe that? There's the battle of whether or not you're supposed to tithe in the New Testament and all that. Here's the thing. Let me go ahead and tackle that issue quickly. Um, you know, there are certainly times that it's mentioned, tithing is mentioned, because that was a thing that they did in the New Testament. But let me let me be a little um, bold here, if I will. Let me be a little bold here. Um, I am going to uh, actually um, be reading from 
the message version, and that's just to kind of cut the chase, but the message version, you can go to KJV, you can go to ESV, whatever you want to do while I'm reading this, Matthew chapter 5, you'll know the verses. That's why it's, un, you know, it's not important right here. I, I like the message version just for the um, the study. You know, it's almost like a, um, a paraphrased version of Scripture, but at the same time, it's, it's like a commentary. So uh, I enjoy that, but uh, I'll be starting with uh, verses 17, 18. I study from all kinds of you know uh, versions of Scripture, uh, making sure that it is close to the Greek and Hebrew as possible. Uh, we're going to be in Matthew chapter 5. I'm going to start with verse 17, 18. You're going to wonder why in the world I'm in these verses, but I'm going to tell you why in just a second. It says, don't suppose for a minute that I've come to demolish the Scriptures, either God's law or prophets. I'm not here to demolish, but to complete. This is Jesus talking. I'm going to I'm going to put it all together, put it all together in a vast panorama. God's law is more real and lasting than the stars in the sky and the ground at your feet. Long after stars burn out and earth wears out, God's law will be alive and it will be working. Trivialize even the smallest item in God's law and you will only have trivialized yourself. But take it seriously. Show the way for others and you will find honor in the kingdom. Unless you do far better than the Pharisees in the matters of right living, you won't know the first thing about entering the kingdom. It says this about murder. Verse 21. You're familiar with the command to the ancients, do not murder. I'm telling you that anyone who so much is angry with a brother or sister is guilty of murder. Carelessly call a brother an idiot, and you just might find yourself hauled into court. Thoughtlessly yell stupid at a sister, and you're in a brink of hellfire. The simple moral fact is that words kill. This is how I want you to conduct yourself in these matters. If you enter your place of worship and about to make an offering, you suddenly remember a grudge a friend has against you. Abandon your offering. Leave immediately. Go to this friend and make things right. Then, and only then, come back and work things out with God. Or say you're out on the street and an old enemy accosts you. Don't lose a minute. Make the first move. Make things right with him. After all, if you leave the first move to him, knowing his track record, you're likely to end up in court, maybe even jail. If that happens, you won't get out. Uh, without a stiff fine. Adultery and divorce he talks about next. Verse 27. You know the next commandment pretty well too. Don't go to bed with another spouse, but don't think you've preserved your virtue simply by staying out of bed. Your heart can be corrupted by lust even quicker than your body. Those leering looks you think nobody notices, they also corrupt. Let's not pretend that it's easier than it is. If you want to live a morally pure life, here's what you have to do. You have to, you have to blind your right eye the moment you catch it in lustful leer. You have to choose to live one eye or else be dumped on a moral trash pile. And you have to chop off your right hand. You have to chop off your right hand the moment you notice it raised threateningly. Better a bloody stump than your entire being discarded for good in the dump. Remember the scripture that says, whoever divorces his wife, let him do it legally, giving her divorce papers and her legal rights. So many of you are using that as a cover for selfishness and whim, pretending to be righteous just because you're legal. Please, no more pretending. If you divorce your wife, you're responsible for making her an adulteress, unless she's already made herself that by sexual promiscuity. If you marry such a divorced adulteress, you're automatically an adulterer yourself. You can't use legal cover to mask a moral failure. All right. Why in the world did you read those verses, Ryan, when you're talking about tithing? Well, it's real simple. It's really simple. Think about this. Somebody says, well, I, I don't I don't need to tithe. There's no such thing as tithing in the New Testament. So what they do is they don't give or they give very little. They give their five or ten dollars and and they feel good about themselves. Smile, walk off. Conscience is clear. I guess that's fine. But here's the thing. All right. So if we go into what Jesus said in the New Testament, now if you want to say New Testament, New Testament, then what it looks like to me is Jesus explains what fulfilling the law means. Well, so that's tithing is the law, Ryan. That's from the Old Testament. Well, OK, fine. 
so is thou shalt not murder. But he says, even if you, even if you uh, are angry with a brother or sister, then you are, have committed this crime in your heart. And so you sit back and you go, wait a second. He just made that even tougher. Oh, and then we get to adultery and he says, you, you know, thou shalt commit adultery. But if you lust after a woman, you know, in your heart or you know, man in your heart, it's not your spouse, then you've already committed adultery in your heart. So he actually didn't make things make things easier there. He's simply saying, look, this is a matter of the heart, too. This is a matter of the heart, too. So somebody says, well, I don't have the time. That's in the Old Testament. Well, wait a second. If we take what Jesus says about every other item in living, then we realize you're exactly right. He may not have commanded anything about tithing, but he expected tithing and more. He expected you to give from your heart. And if you are born again, to give in such a way that he will turn around and bless you mightily. Now, I'm not going to sit here and, uh, and say, um, you know, exactly how God's going to bless you when you start giving. I'm not going to pretend that $10 will become a thousand, though it may. I don't have any idea how God will bless you. Maybe that you wake up in, uh, the, tomorrow morning and that's a blessing. It certainly is for me. Certainly is for me, but I do know that God returns um, what we give as such. And so I was sitting and let me tell you why I even came up, you know, why I wanted to talk about this. I, you know, um, our church does an amazing job, of, and I know several of your churches and all of them do, but our church is specifically because that's the one that I know. We do an amazing job of helping and reaching out to people and loving them. Uh, we have an incredible benevolence program here, and I tell our folks all the time, the reason we're able to do the projects that we do is because they're faithful givers. And to those who are mightily faithful, I just give God all the glory and praise because we are doing so much with that. Uh, it's not a matter of salaries. You know, those get paid, and we certainly need that. Uh, we can talk about that just a little, um, but we, it will be just a little. But here's the thing. I can't tell you the the amount of things that we have been able to accomplish as a church uh, and not in a prideful way, because honestly, were it not for God providing the means and the people to take care of it, uh, none of this, none of this could have happened. OK, uh, we are seeing there is someone in our county. Listen to me in our county who had built themselves a house out of mud now, this is an industrious person. This is not, this is not anything that they, you know, they come from the north. They came down here. Uh, she was able to buy a parcel of land. She was able to, uh, she was able to do some incredible work out there. She worked very, very hard. She got the books she needed, all those kind of things. And she built a house out of red clay mud from Georgia and straw. And she was able to build, uh, something she could live in that was all cool. We went out there at 95 degrees and saw this place and it was, you know, 72, 73 degrees inside of her home. It was amazing. But we were able to build her something that was more suitable for living, and uh, we were able to do that because people had given. We were able to give. We have done project after project after project. Here at our church, we have something called Nehemiah Ministries, which is incredible. Um, our deacons and finance committee have decided that they were going to give us money for building projects like that, and we've been able to be a part of so many different projects. I cannot tell you how many ramps. Uh, remodels, uh, different things that we do during the year. Um, you know, it is, it, it just will blow your mind that we're able to make those decisions to go out and help people in that way. Um, you know, there, there are handicap ramps all over our county and, and extended out of our county that, um, that, that were there because people gave, um, you know, house needs, all those things. We're currently with two other churches in our community, Antioch Rock Springs that are helping us build, 
um, on, you know, in uh, Yatesville, Georgia, Barnesville, Yatesville Road. We're building a house there for someone in, from tornado victim. Um, listen, we should run with tithing, you know, why in the world? It keeps ministry going, folks. It keeps ministry going. You ought to be excited about it. I mean, think about the things that happen within our church. I mean, if we're not just talking about an electric bill that can be incredible in a facility like we have, we, we, you know, we're not just talking about the fact that we're able to go in and, and, and fix, you know, AV problems and build new AV systems and, and be able to spend the money on that and, uh, you know, just worship him and glorify him in a, in a more wonderful way. We're not just talking about on campus stuff. We're talking about the amazing things we're able to do outside of our county. I mean, outside of our church. I mean, you think about it, with with Nehemiah Ministries, with our benevolence program, uh, folks. Let me tell you something. You want to be able to give. We'll talk about why in just a minute. You want to be able to give. I remember. Look, I can go back to college years when my wife and I were dating. And uh, we finally decided, you know, I wasn't living for the Lord, but, you know, hey, we need to be in church. And that was from basically my grandmother praying it into me. I needed to be in church. And, and I'm going to tell you something, man. We we just we we ended up going to a church there in Macon, just a wonderful church, uh, Maple White Baptist Church in Macon. We ended up going there during our college years. That was the early 90s, um, very early 90s. And I'm going to tell you something. We uh, we so enjoyed that. But one day we looked at each other and we said, you know, we ought to be tithing. And it was so crazy. Even after we got married and we were going there, um, it was so crazy because it was like we would look at ourselves and go, if we give this money, and, and a lot of you are going to have similar testimonies. If we give this money, we're going to be broke. I mean, we're not going to be, we're not going to be able to buy groceries, girl. We're not going to be able to go. And we say, well, we're supposed to do it. We're supposed to do it. We're supposed to do it. We even heard we went to a church one time for a little revival. And I remember there was Jerry Falwell there, one of the biggest dreamers of all time and one, certainly a hero of mine. But Jerry Falwell said, uh, you know, he was talking about, you know, having big and hairy, audacious goals and, and, uh, and not being scared of those goals and going forward with them, believing that God can do them and, and the excitement behind them and, and knowing that, that God can. And we, we sat because of that speech, when we went back to our home church, we were like, look, we're going to tithe. We are going to tithe. And we began tithing. We began tithing. And, uh, and God has always provided. I mean, we were talking, I think about how much money we were making at times. She was working at a private school in Atlanta and she was probably making, I don't know, 10 or $11 an hour. And, and, uh, you know, I was making probably $5 and 50 cent an hour. And <laughs> it's amazing how we made it. Oh my gosh. I just sit back and go, this is crazy. You know, what God was able to do because of our faithfulness. It did not look like we should be making it, but we did. Now, that doesn't mean there weren't times we weren't buying, you know, used washers and dryers and stuff, but I'm going to promise you, we never needed, um, you know, we had food to eat. We had all those things. I can remember, um, you know, even during those days, just one of the stories I just absolutely love of God being faithful is we wanted to take the kids to the circus and we didn't have any money. I mean, the kids were tiny and we didn't have any money. And, I remember we found enough uh, big old giant bag of quarters, man. We went to we went to uh, uh, the circus with quarters. The kids didn't know; they didn't have a clue. They were so little, and and uh, we were able to buy them hot dogs and popcorn and tickets and all that stuff like that. You just had to, you listen. If you're not ashamed to you know to use the quarters, use the quarters. But God was so good to us, and I look at where we are now in our lives and how far He's brought us because we, you know, because He's given us a giving spirit, and I just praise God for that. I know that you guys have giving spirits. It can get really hard sometimes. You think, man, should I do this? Should I tithe off of this? Should I tithe off the net, the gross, all that kind of stuff? Look, just go to the New Testament. The New Testament tells us you do what your heart 
proves you ought to do. I think that for me personally, I believe a tithe is a beginning and not an end. It is the beginning of giving and not the end of giving. We give beyond that. But I'm telling you, benevolence in your church is is necessary. Um, being able to you know give to people who are in need, it is. I mean, certainly with uh, some parameters, you try to interview as best you can. You don't want to have to have the same people all the time taking advantage of you. I understand all those things, but God's going to sort these things out. He's going to help us. Uh, he's going to help us know what we can do. I know that currently there are some churches in our area, including us, who are given to our pregnancy local pregnancy center. We're able to give to the soup kitchen because people are faithful. We're able to give to. We're able to give to a number of different ministries. We 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 are able to give to churches because people are faithful. We're able to give to um, churches and their uh, their financial um, uh, needs. We're able to give to them because people are faithful at our own church, and we praise God for that. It is a, it is amazing the churches we're able to help um, as sister churches just because people are faithful to give. So if you're sitting out there and you go, well, listen, I just don't even know, especially during this time, what I ought to do. You ought to give. You ought to give. I mean, folks, come on. This is not rocket science, okay? This is the truth. This is what we ought to be doing. And I'm going to tell you something, guys. He always gives back. I mean, we could go through story after story after story of of um, of of how God has blessed people and how God has uh, brought people out and helped people. And uh, and I and I can tell you, it it is always okay. What are you willing to put in the game? What kind of skin are you willing to put in the game? Are you willing to trust Him with that amount? of uh of trust meaning are you willing to give him more than anything you could have ever imagined because god is willing to do some amazing stuff through you depending dependent upon how much you're willing to give him and i'm not just talking to my church your church uh anything like that i'm talking about how much you're willing to invest into his ministry your time your talent your treasure all these things you know uh how much are you willing to invest and if you are indeed willing to invest are you willing to invest till it hurts? Because I'm telling you something, God does something back for you. Let me give you an example from our church. We are because we give, we keep getting. We keep we were able to we're able to uh, have things at our church because we're givers. We're able to dream big because we're givers. We're able to believe God is going. And let me let me let me give you a, uh, another type of story here and, and that's this we're not we're not a church that has you know a uh, huge huge membership we're, we're a fairly large church but we're not we're not we're not you know a mega church by any stretch of the imagination and we don't have people in here just throwing throwing money our way but these people are hard working or they or they're retired or they're just trying to get by and they but they're faithful givers they're faithful givers we're able to have a good staff we're able to have these things and because of that giving god blesses us because we take care of people who cannot take care of themselves um, we are, we are, uh, we're blessed and we are blessed tremendously with all types of ministries. Our children's program needs for nothing because, because of your faithful giving. Our music ministry needs for nothing because you are faithful givers. Our benevolence is doing fantastic and in helping people because you are faithful givers. Nehemiah Ministries is doing wonderfully because you are faithful givers. Our, our youth, our new youth building, all those things are doing wonderfully because you are good givers. And um, 
And those things are so important to the church to keep it functioning, to keep it going. You say, well, money and everything. No, 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 money and everything. But I'm going to tell you, like Zig Ziglar said, it's about as important as oxygen sometimes. I mean, you got to have money to eat. you got to have money to pay the bills. you got to have money as all those things. But it's not why we are in church. We're in church to glorify and give honor to God. But giving is just a part of that. It's like, okay, we're going to give to you and trust you to be able to do things with that money to help further the kingdom of God, to help further the kingdom of God. And that is, that's such a, a wonderful, wonderful thing. But whatever we're doing, you know, the churches around us, whatever we're doing to, to grow and to, and, uh, and get excited about, you know, about giving, uh, is, is, you know, we, we give, we get, we give, we get, and we give him more, we get even more. It's, it, God is blessing us. And I'm not just talking about with, you know, this financial windfall where, you know, everybody gets rich that gives, but I can tell you this, he's blessing you in ways you never would have thought possible. He's saying, okay, if you're willing to part with what every, everybody seems to think is the only thing that can make them happy, if you're willing to part with it, then I'm willing to bless you. Amen. He, and, and that's the thing. It's true of churches. It's true of communities. It's true of, let me, let me tell you this. This is the, the amazing thing. I wish I could get through Christian's heads. Non Christian rich people. Okay. Let me, let me talk to them, uh, talk about them for just a second. Philanthropists. I'm talking about the very wealthy who are going to give tons and tons of money to their causes. One of the things that they say, in order to increase their wealth. Now, listen to me carefully. In in order to increase their wealth, they are taught from very early on in their philanthropic days, they are taught, give. Now, I'm talking about people who are not believers. Let me tell you why I say that. Let me tell you why I say that. I say it for this reason. If you are a giver, it is a universal law that you will receive. It's not just a Christian law. It is a universal law. You need Jesus Christ to be born again and make it to heaven. There is no doubt about that. There's no other way to heaven but Jesus. But as far as giving and receiving is concerned, that is a universal law. It reigns on the rich. It reigns on the poor. It reigns on the evil. It reigns on the good. And that is reign is a universal thing that happens. And so is uh, giving and receiving. So hear me, hear me out on this. The people who are not even believers understand this process that the more they give, the more they get. They don't understand the process of giving to Christian causes and stuff because they're not believers, but they understand the principle behind giving. And when they understand that, they understand that God is doing amazing work in an amazing time, uh, in an amazing time period. So that's what we're dealing with. That's what, that's what we've got. I mean, it, it is, um, it is something that we can learn from, uh, even people who are unbelievers, you will see in a tremendous amount of money given to their causes, which is not always good, but they give and they don't worry about the amount they're giving, uh, because they believe in, because they believe in it. Uh, you know, and, and here's the thing, you know, Galatians six and two says, carry each other's burdens. And in this way, you will fulfill the law of Christ. Second Corinthians eight and 12 says that the willingness is there. The gift is acceptable according to what one has, not according to what he does not have. So, you know, if you're giving willingly, don't give grudgingly. Well, that just means I'll never be able to give because I always give grudgingly. Well, you need to work on your heart. It needs to be a faithful giving and an exciting giving. I'm so glad I have the opportunity to give this amount of money um, to to a, a Christian cause, whether it's our church or whether it's another ministry. And as long as you're, you're helping your home church and tithing to your home church, wonderful. But then go above and beyond and help other Christian ministries. Praise the Lord and, and do whatever you can um, to help them. But uh, but that you know, the scripture is 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 clear. 
Um, 2 Corinthians 9, 11, you will be enriched in every way so that you can be generous on every occasion. And through us, your generosity will result in thanksgiving to God, uh, just on and on. Um, and, and so Acts 2 and 45, they will, you know, they would sell their property and possessions and distribute money among all. If you have extra, there's no sense in having that stuff. There are people who, who have, um, and I'm not trying to, you know, minimalize. I'm not trying to do that. But what I am saying is this. I'm saying if you got too much junk, if you got stuff people are not, um, that other people can use, for heaven's sake, give it to them. Not junk, but stuff that you've got stored away and you're like, no, I might use that one day. I might use that. You're not using it now and you're not going to use it 10 years from now. Give it to somebody. Give it to somebody for heaven's sake. Um, 2 Corinthians 8 and 14. Right now you have plenty and can help those who are in need. Later they will have plenty and can share with you when you're in need. In this way, things things will be right. So, I mean, this is this is what we're dealing with, folks. I mean, over and over again, God is very, very clear. And, you know, I've always heard there's a couple of sayings that I want to go over before, you know, before I end today, because it's only a 30 minute segment. But I want to promise you something. Um, I could go on and on and on with a list of things that our church is able to do because of faithful giving. And you could, too, of your own church. But I am telling you, you will be incredibly blessed, um, whether that's physically, mentally, emotionally, spiritually, financially, whatever it is God chooses to do. If you are faithful and sacrifice, sacrificial in your giving, I promise you that God is going to do some amazing work. If he hasn't already done some amazing work, he's going to do some amazing work. Just saving my soul is well worth anything that I could ever give to him, and I'll never be able to repay him. Uh, it's a price that I could not pay, but he paid it. I thank him for that. But one of the sayings that I'd like to talk to you about today is, is this, and and uh, and I'm going to go through a, a few of them quickly, okay? It's you make a living by what you get. You make a life by what you give. Okay, so when we go out there and we're busting our tail and we're getting our money, look, we, we, we made a living, and we get that check, and that's all well and good. But I'm telling you, you will make a life. Things will change. You will see someone helped and loved and gotten through a hard time because you helped them. And many times you're not letting the right hand know what the left hand is doing. The left hand know what the right hand is doing. But as a church, sometimes you're out there and you're, you know, displaying the works of God, you know, his hands uh, to the world and letting them see what you're able to accomplish so that people will glorify God as a result of what you're doing. So that's happening, too. That's happening, too. But you make a living by what you get, but you make a life by what you give. I promise you, um, giving of your time and your talents and your treasure is going to revolutionize how your life uh, proceeds from now. Here's another one. It's not making a donation. It's making a difference. You're not just making a donation to church. You're making a difference. I promise you, we are doing everything and we are doing well. I'm not, this isn't, a, we're not doing a podcast because we're not doing well financially. We're doing fine financially, but we need to be doing fine spiritually. We need to be uh, teaching and preaching and loving and helping and serving. Uh, we need to be doing all those things. It's not making a donation. You're making a difference. Every time you put a dollar in that plate, you're making a difference. Um, and here's one that I really love. It says this, it says giving is not a duty. It's a privilege. If you have it to give, what a privilege that is. What a privilege is it to say, Lord, I'm going to help with this task to be able to say the king, tell, to tell the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, almighty God, everlasting father, Prince of peace, to be able to tell him, Hey, I'm, I'm going to help with this endeavor. I'm going to help with this issue. I'm going to put money into it. God doesn't need your money. He needs your obedience, but everything, everything on this side costs something. And he needs your obedience and in giving. And so praise the Lord for that. And here's one more. Here's one more. It's by Robert Louis Stevenson. And it says this. Don't judge each day by your harvest. You reap, but by the seeds you plant. Don't don't judge each day by, you know, how much, you know, at the end of the day, I got six cars. I got two boats. I got a lake house. I got this, blah, 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 blah. Don't do it by how much you harvest. Judge each day. 
Judge each day by the seeds that you plant. Who are you investing in? Who are you encouraging? Who are you helping? Who are you loving? Who are you? How are you helping others? That's how you want to judge the day. What a good, good God we serve, folks. Okay? Well, nobody, it was like that old saying, nobody gets poor by giving. You just keep on giving and you're going to keep on getting in a great way. However, God chooses to bless you. He's going to bless you. Maybe he chooses to bless you in all those ways. The guy's tithing is so important. Giving is so important. And we could go on and on and on, weeks and weeks and weeks about all the different questions about tithing and giving. And uh, maybe we'll do another one uh, in a year or so. So you don't say every podcast is about giving. But I will say this, God is doing some amazing work at our church, and I know he is at your Bible-believing church, and I hope I hope that you are all givers and that you all love and enjoy that giving. We love you guys. Let's pray, Lord Jesus. We love you and thank you, Lord. I thank you, God, for everything you provide for us. And I pray, God, that Lord, you'll help us to learn that you've given us all this, God, and we can give a portion of that back. It is such a privilege. It is such a privilege. Help us to help those that need it. Help us, Lord, to love you. Help us to continue to dream and to grow and to build and to just uh, just to trust you for all that you do. God, we thank you for the cross and dying on the cross for our sins. We give you all praise, glory, and honor. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. See y'all. Thank you for joining us for Veins of Gold, a podcast of Mountain View Baptist Church. For information about our church and ministries, please visit our website, mvbaptist.org.